What's up, guys? Max here with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. As always, it is a pleasure to be live with you right now on YouTube. I hope you like the new angles. We're always changing it. You know, we're going to keep changing it until we get it just right for you guys in the best possible way. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode. I don't know if you guys were in the waiting room very long, but I had the snow going. I had the snow going because it's getting cold in Okinawa. Is anybody, is anybody live right now who's out in Okinawa? It's like it, it probably got down to 50 degrees, which is cold out <laughs> here. I've become, become quite the baby on the cold weather because uh, living in Okinawa, it's very tropical. It's very nice. It's getting a little cold. It is the Christmas season, so we're out here ready to go for Christmas. Uh, uh, A.O. Nixo was out doing a Toys for Tots drive last night, so shout out to him for doing that. I saw that on his Instagram. Uh, we've got a cool story today. You know what I was going to do? I had mentioned this uh we have some cool news stories, by the way. Thanks to everybody who checked out the JT Suits video and checked out the uh, female aircraft carrier CO video. I appreciate that. Um, I do I do have a couple, uh, a couple stories, several stories to get to today. All good ones, all good stories. But the question is, do you guys want to know more about me? Do you guys want to hear a little bit more about me? Because I, I talked about last week on the show, uh, I think it was last week, about the time that I got pepper sprayed in Camp Shelby, Mississippi, uh, when I was doing training for my IA deployment. And we've got, I, I'm already going to tie my IA, my individual augmentee deployment to Afghanistan into today's episode, but I can, I can tie it in even further. I have the video of me getting pepper sprayed, teed up, ready to go, and I just want to know if you guys want to see it. If you guys do want to see it, let me know, and we'll do that today. If you guys don't want to see it, you know what? We'll get right into the stories and start getting into to entertaining you guys, okay? So look, check this out. The other night, AO Nixo episode, and I've been doing this on the show for a long time. You know, we've had a lot of cool moments on this show when uh, people have called their shot. You know what I'm saying? I've said, what's the dream? What is the dream? What's the five-year plan for you? And they go, oh, I want to be this. I want to be this. Uh chief HR officer for Tesla, biggest uh, military training company in the world, biggest military contractor in the world, biggest military YouTuber entertainer in the world. But am I, have I ever called my shot? I want to be, be the channel on YouTube where veterans go to talk about the military. Okay, I want to do this daily. I want to be the channel on the military where people go, veterans go to hang out, perspective military. If you want to join, if you're thinking about joining the military, whatever it is, I want this to be the channel. I want 1 million subs. I want to have a community. Okay. It's not about just being the person that people go to watch. I want to have an interactive community in the chat, in the, in the page, in the discord, by the way, discord link down below started that up because I want to build this into the YouTube community where people go to talk about what's going on in the military. So, okay. I see some people in the chat. Yeah, let's see it. Let's see the pepper spray video. Okay, we've got a story today about uh, so very similar to the training that I was doing in Camp Shelby, Mississippi. It's Marines versus robots. So we've got Marines versus robots coming up. But before we get to that, I guess if you guys want to see it, I'll show you. I will. I will show you. Okay. So here is uh, me getting pepper sprayed in uh, in two thousand and nine in. Uh, what would it have been, January 2009 in Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Might have been February by that time. February 2009, Camp Shelby, Mississippi. We're doing 
military police training, getting ready to go overseas and do detainee ops in Afghanistan. And we had to do OC spray training. If you've ever done this in the military or your police officer, whatever it is, if you've done this, ooh, it, it burns. It burns. Somewhere there's a video of a guy on his hands and knees. He begged to go first. Begged to go first. Down on his hands and knees praying for forgiveness. Praying for Jesus to come down from the sky and take the burning away. But that's not going to happen because those army guys out there, they made us run the course. Made us run the course. And I, uh, and, and I am going to show you guys this at, at the risk of my own personal peril because I scream like a little girl. As soon as I open my eyes, scream like a little girl. I hope you guys are ready to see that. Let's go ahead and pull up uh, the video of me getting OC sprayed. And what we'll do here is uh, I'm going to go through the video and I'll show you guys kind of what's going on here. But one thing you need to know is the movie Cloverfield, the original Cloverfield movie had just come out. So the intro to this video is a reference to Cloverfield. All right, it's recording. You don't have to press anything. Right. Just hold it. That's me. Look at that. Yep. Can you believe that that's me? Okay. Glasses. I don't know why this is happening. I had eyes The military here. is conducting some kind of attack. If you're watching this, you know more than we do. I'm so scared right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Mom and Dad, I love you. My girlfriend, uh, I miss you, baby. I'm going to try and make it home. It's a straight quote from Cloverfield. What was that? Oh, man. It's not good over here. See, it's going down back there. It's going down. There's, there's some activity. There's some activity. So that's, I was uh, 24 years old, I, I believe. 23, 24 years old. To my right. Young man. Getting ready to go. So here, this guy goes first. I'll skip ahead a little bit. So we'll watch watch him go. Here's somebody. That's my buddy Joe going, I got Bloom. I got Bloom. So here goes this dude. His name was like Turner or something like that, maybe Turner. Uh, super good dude, tough guy. I think he was a police officer out in the, in the real world. He was a reservist. So this guy doing the spray, and he's in the Army. So all the cadre were in the Army. Let's go. He gets it. Ooh, right in the face. Oh, my gosh. If you guys have ever done this, I want to hear it in the chat. All right, so he handles it pretty good. He, he handles it pretty good. I'm scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I did not know what to expect. You know, you take a look at me. Do I look like I do well with spicy things? They say if you do well with spicy food, you might be better at uh, taking the pepper spray, but... You can just you can probably make an assessment ba based on how I look, how I do with spicy foods. Not very well. So watch how nervous I am here. Watch me go for my glasses, which are not even on my face because I'm so nervous. Watch here it comes. Reach for my glass. Oh, I don't have glasses on. Why did I do that? I don't have glasses on. That's so now I'm embarrassed. Ooh, watch this. This is gonna right in the face. Right in the face. Here we go. Ah, uh, it hurts thinking about it. Ooh, right in my eyes. Now listen to this sound. Oh, God. <laughs> that hurts to watch. That hurts to watch. I had to really figure it out there for a second, but what was that, three seconds and I was back in the game taking this dude down? Put, that is me, too. That's me. Those sounds you're hearing are me. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the guy filming me. But hey, you know what? Didn't stop. Didn't stop. Did it. Handled it. Dude, look at that. And then and then I pat him on the back. I say good job to him. 
I say good job to him for letting me flex cuff him. And then I'm good. Once I get here, I'm good. All right, I'm going to stop it there because you guys have seen enough. I've embarrassed myself enough. Dude, you guys are, are, are like family to me now. You've seen me scream like a girl suffering in pain. I really, I let you in. I let you into my, to my world. AO Nixo says, worst thing I've ever done. Uh, Nixo, you, uh, you had to do that for, uh, for the Marine Corps. Do you do that for the Marine Corps? Dude, that was horrible. That was rough. That was, uh, definitely for sure. The hardest thing that I did as far as pain level goes, uh, getting tased, not even close getting, uh, uh, the gas chamber and boot camp, not even close, not even on the same tier. I wouldn't even put it in the same category. Now, I will say with exposure, it got better on that deployment, got hit by pepper spray hundreds of times, uh, you know, residual or bounce or whatever, when we were using it in real life, got pepper sprayed a lot. We used to pepper spray each other as a gag. Uh, and I got better. My tolerance got better. But if you've ever had to do that in the military, let me know. I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Okay. So we've got stories today. We've got stories to get to. Okay. Let me tell you first, though, if you haven't already checked out the Patreon down in the description, it's the top link. You can go check out our Patreon as well as the Discord. That's brand new if you guys want to go join the Discord. If you guys are watching the show every day, consider joining the Patreon or going to scuttlebuttshow.com, which is linked down in the description, and buying a piece of merch. The merch is super nice, uh, comfortable T-shirts, coffee cups, all kinds of swag and everything, whatever you want to get. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you do pick up some, tag yourself on Instagram in it, send it, send me a picture. I'd love to see it. So... With that being said, let me get to uh, the first, let me go ahead and get to the first story, which is uh, uh, we've got Fort Bragg is the first to administer. First, I've seen published administering COVID vaccine uh, treatments, so COVID-19 vaccines at Fort Bragg. So the Army is giving out COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, Fort Bragg received its first shipment of the Pfizer novel. So there's, the Fi- there's a couple brands. So they're using the Pfizer novel coronavirus vaccine and administered the first vaccine to at Womack Army Medical Center uh, nurse was the first to receive it. The Army announced this on Tuesday. So that's today. Uh, Ronnie Paul, who an emergency room nurse and nurse educator who has worked at Fort Bragg since 1994, was the first to receive the vaccine for COVID-19. The shot was administered by specialist. Imagine this. You're an army medic. You're a specialist. And you're like, this is serious. I'm about to give the first COVID-19 vaccine. This is a big deal. I'm, uh, I'm making history right now. And then he puts it. He's like, oops, that was flu. Influenza. Sorry. Wrong shot. Uh, you now have uh, the flu. That was, not, that was not just the vaccine. That was the actual flu. You have it now. And you probably also have HIV. That's, the, that's classic military medical if I've ever seen it. No, that's not what happened. I'm just kidding. So... Paul, the nurse, is also a former Army medic who commissioned through the Army's Green to Gold program before embarking on his civilian career in medicine. This is a milestone moment for us here on Fort Bragg, said Lieutenant General Eric Correa, commander of the 18th Airborne Corps. Look how fast I converted Roman numerals into numbers. Said in a press release, we would not have arrived at this moment without our first responders, medics, healthcare workers, and the incredible staff of the Womack Army Medical Center. Thomas McCaffrey, the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs, said at a briefing on December 9th that the DOD would receive just under 44,000 doses of the vaccine for immediate use. Now, question for you guys. Who gets immediate use of the COVID vaccine? Is it military healthcare providers? Is it people forward deployed? Is it people about to go on deployment? Is it people in certain, are you going to do it geographically? Like where you are in the world, you're going to get a COVID vaccine faster than somebody else. Who do you think in the military needs COVID vaccines first? I'd love to hear. So the highest priority population, oh wait, it says it, it says it. 
The highest priority population is healthcare workers followed by essential workers and deploying service members, high-risk beneficiaries, and then the healthy population. High-risk beneficiaries must mean dependents and people on the uh, retired TRICARE, TRICARE Prime, and then the healthy population last. Okay, that makes sense. Do you, now, now, I guess I'll shift my question. Do you guys think that makes sense? Fort Bragg was chosen as one of 13 locations in the U.S. to receive the first shipment of vaccines. And the locations chosen have the extra cold storage capability. Now, I've heard these have to be stored at like minus 91C or something like that to, for, for the vaccine to remain effective. And then they had to have a medical staff large enough to administer it. Uh, the pl- they recommended last week that everyone take the vaccine when it becomes available. I have still the standing question for you guys of are you going to take the COVID vaccine when it becomes available or are you going to wait until it's FDA approved? Because the process is going to be the military is not going to make COVID-19 vaccines mandatory until they're FDA approved. We've covered this on the show already. So as it comes out, it's going to be voluntary, but are you going to take it? Let me know in the comments. I'd love to know. Speaker says here in New York, only nursing homes are getting them until February, I believe. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, that's unfortunate because with Christmas uh, only days away and people I know hoping to go travel and visit their family and visit their older family and have their grandparents over to see the grandkids or whatever, uh, it's going to be a tough break probably for a lot of people. But I understand. Let's let's focus on the fact that it's basically a miracle that uh, the vaccine is even available now. Years faster than the fastest vaccine has ever been available before. Um, if you guys have any questions about COVID or, you know, what's going on in Okinawa with COVID, let me know. Maybe you're PCS in Okinawa. Maybe you're considering taking orders to Okinawa or somewhere in Japan and you want to know how Japan's been hit by COVID. I'm happy to answer those questions. So I saw something pretty cool. I saw something pretty cool. I want to share it with you guys. Uh, apparently, you know, I don't know if you guys know who Anthony Mackie is. Hang on, hang on. I got to pause here. I got to tell you guys, let me pull up Safari. I got to tell you guys, look at this. I'm so, I, I know, and I want to apologize that you guys have to see ads when I'm scrolling through Safari here. Do not click True Car Military. There is no way that you clicking on True Car Military has a happy ending, okay? It, avoid True Car Military. Avoid buying cars at 30% interest. Consult your command financial advisor. <laughs> Maybe buy a cheapo used car. Don't buy that Camaro E3s. Do not buy that Camaro at a boot camp. I'm telling you. Uh, but I'm just saying, I'm, I apologize. You guys have to look at a bunch of uh, a bunch of, of uh, ads while I'm on here. So Netflix brings outside the wire as a militarized $6 million man for the GWAT era. So I've got the preview here. So let's watch the preview for the uh, new Netflix series, the six, uh, uh, the, the outside the wire. What task and purpose is calling Netflix's uh, six million dollar man for the GWAT era. Okay, let's watch this real quick. Lieutenant Thomas Hart, do you know why you're here? No, no captain. No captain. Only two people here know who and what I am. We remove advanced weapons from beyond the wire. We ride out at dawn. Whoa, what was that? I don't have any specialist training as a field agent. Don't worry. I'm special enough for both of us. 
stronger, faster, smarter. What's wrong? You scared? <laughs> Whoa, that looks awesome. What do you guys think about that? You know, I like Anthony Mackie. Um, he was Falcon, obviously, uh, from Falcon, from, from Avengers. Okay, if you don't know what that is, what are you doing? Where, where you come out from under the rock you've been living under? And uh, he was also in the newest season of Altered Carbon, which I really like. And then he, uh, now he's going to be, obviously, uh, the, the, the $6 million man for Netflix's new military series. And it looks like he's, you know, rocking those ACUs. He's out there in the army. He's out there in Syria or Iraq or wherever he's supposed to be. I'm not sure where that's supposed to take place, but I'm a little curious about that. So let's see what uh, Task and Purpose says about that. So in Outside the Wire, an upcoming Netflix action flick set in the near future, which, by the way, there's a theme to this episode, which is future warfare and the future of training and everything like that. So I hope you guys are excited to hear a couple more stories about that kind of stuff. So a young soldier finds himself paired off with a cybernetically enhanced super soldier and tasked with stopping a nebulous insurgency from getting their hands on a doomsday device. Okay, classic, classic military movie plot. The super soldier has to save the planet from a doomsday device uh, while, a, while an evil henchman villain uh, has a plot to, to take over the world, which I'm sure he'll get to explain to us in a fantastic piece of exposition when he has uh, our good guy captured at one point. We'll follow up on this and see if that comes to reality. Directed by Michael Hofstrom, the upcoming action flick stars Damson Idris as Leo, an Air Force first lieutenant, come on, who finds himself under command of Leo, an android and a captain, and he's quick to point out, played by Anthony Mackie. Uh, so Anthony Mackie plays an android who's also a captain. Would you give an android a rank? That's my question. Would you give an android a rank? The pair embarks on a dangerous mission to, well, it's unclear. Okay, so, so they don't know either. Something to do with bad guys and high-tech weapons, but I don't think the plot is selling point here outside the wire. is all about the action. And if you see the trailer, I believe that that's also true. So it looks like uh, Anthony Mackie's some kind of cybernetic super soldier. I'm sure he's probably a soldier who was killed and then brought back to life. And he has some kind of sad story about his family doesn't know about it and they can never know the truth and he's presumed dead. Um, I'm making some guesses here, but I bet I have a feeling that I'm probably right. Um, let's see, what else did they say about it? So uh, this will be available on in January um, and it is a movie. Oh, it's a movie, not a series. It's a movie, premieres on January 15th. Uh, it looks like it's going to be 114 minutes long, probably out of IMDb. And hey, we all have Netflix, right? So no love lost. If it's not that good, all you have to do is just browse to your favorite cooking show. Mine is Great British Baking Show. So with that being said, that's the new futuristic army movie. I guess I guess I would say army movie coming out on Netflix. You know I'll be doing a review on that. You know my military movie reviews are one of the top viewed pieces of content that I get. All of those videos do really well. So if you haven't seen the Mosul one, they're out there on the channel. So you can go check that out. So is that a reference to the term enemy in the wire, Speaker? Uh, outside the wire is what you say when you're going on a mission, when you're outside of the perimeter of the base. Usually once you leave the ECP, you're outside of the wire. The wire is the perimeter of a base. So if you're inside the wire, you're in the perimeter of what is the actual base. Okay, that's your, that's your safe zone. Outside the wire is anywhere outside the perimeter of the base. Standard terminology there. That's that's a normal standard term that uh, people use. So it's. Uh, I hope that that clears that up. So 
<clears throat> the next story, the next story, let me know what you guys think about that. Are you guys excited to watch Anthony Mackie? Do you guys like him? I like him. I like his stuff. I thought the second season of Alter Carbon was not as good as the first, but uh, I don't blame that on him. He did a good job. And I love Falcon. And I love Avengers. If you guys know me, if you guys know the show, oh, I love the Avengers. So check this out. Check this out. I want to show you guys something here real quick. Check this out. We got the do, 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 do. We got that robot turret because uh, it turns out that the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps is getting some cool new high-speed training. The Marine Corps is getting robots. The Marine Corps is going to be battling in training against robots. So let's get down to the story here. And this is, I'm going to tie back into uh, Camp Shelby. So let's go. Marines go up against more realistic enemy of robots and terrain at new live fire range. So let's, uh, let's talk about what this is really quick. Let's talk about what this is. So first off, if you guys have ever been on a dynamic range where maybe you're doing cruise serve weapons, maybe you're doing convoy training, they might have, or, or you're just even doing M4, M16 pistol qualifications, okay? They have ranged with pop-up targets. So you'll be looking out, boom, target pops up, boom, target pops up. Do you guys like this? What am I doing? Flappy hands? Target pops up, target pops up, target pops up. T different ranges, right? Different meters away, different shapes. So I, I remember being at Camp Shelby, Mississippi for that IA training. You see how this is all tying together? And we're doing, uh, we're doing convoy training with crew serve weapons, and I was a 240 gunner. So we'd be out there, and that, uh, and that, RPG team would pop up, doo -doo 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 -doo, uh, take them down. Then they know when you, when they get hit and you go, cool, that target dropped down. You took out the RPG team. It was like a van. A big van would pop up with a bunch of like silhouettes of people. And on the pistol range, you would have little targets pop up at the you know 25 yard range. You would have different distances, like five to 25 yards. The M16 range, because we qualified M16s out there at Camp Shelby, everything out to 800 meters would pop up. So you had all these targets and you had to hit them. Now, that's pretty cool. You don't know where they're going to pop up. If you're on the range for the first time, you don't know where they're going to pop up. But as it turns out now, looks like the Marine Corps is taking it to the next level. So let's go ahead and pull Safari back up. Looks like the Marine Corps is taking it to the next level with uh, Marine infantrymen in the 2nd Marine Div can now face off against the more realistic enemy on a new range complex in North Carolina that features realistic terrain and robot targets. Range G36 or Golf 36 at Camp Lejeune was certified on December 12th after a company of grunts from 3rd Battalion, 6th Marine Regiment was put through its paces. Officials say the range is unique and tougher than others for maneuver units and allows commanders to try out a variety of scenarios to pit Marines up against equal or potentially superior adversaries. <clears throat> I do wonder, what do they mean about equal and potentially superior adversaries? Like, what kind of robots are these? I think we're going to find out. I haven't watched the video yet, but there's a video. We're going to watch it together. The majority of the current U.S. Marine Corps population has not seen a world where the U.S. was not the dominant force. Division Gunner Chief Warrant Officer 5. By the way, Chief Warrant Officer 5, that's a, that's a boss. Joshua Smith said in a statement, as the Corps transitions to the peer and near-peer fight, so what that means is Afghanistan, Iraq, insurgencies, they're not considered peer or near-peer. They don't have... Uh, complex radar systems. They don't have air power. They don't have ships. Okay. They don't even have real tanks. So they are not considered peer. They don't have weapons like we do. They don't have systems like we do communications, air power, ships, all that. So uh, a peer is uh, an enemy that has that stuff. A peer would be like China, Russia. Uh, those are the two main peer, uh, North Korea is, you know, sort of on there. Those are the main peer to peer adversaries that we would be facing. So, 
And then near peer, North Korea would be more like near peer. They call that near peer, closer, but not there. So at G36, the Corps ditched static targets in favor of robotic targets known as trackless motorized infantry targets. So some of these targets are on a track, so they could just, you know, move back and forth like uh, the rabbit that the dogs chase at the dog track. But these are trackless, so they can move around the range freely, just like the bad guys, while the range itself has uncut grass and trees along the way that make it more difficult to maneuver. Wow, that's super interesting to me. Now let's check out this video and see if uh, if we can get a, go a good or better idea of what we're actually talking about here. Let's watch the video. Uh, we got an ad. Folks, we've got an ad. All right, while the ad plays, we'll just wait for that really quick, and then uh, here uh, we this go. This year at ITSIC, we're, we brought our trackless moving target pro uh, portfolio. We're really focusing this year on the infantry variant of that, that robot. Uh, it's developed to aid in live fire training, uh, prevent a more realistic Oh, I see. It's a silhouette on, a, on treads. So mm, it okay. has... Humanistic behavior. We're looking it at a silhouette a, of a truck and a silhouette of a person on the that's dressed platform. up like ISIS uh, uh, on treads, on tank treads, to, and they to move really around range. The off-road and mobility side of the of the training assets, so give it that ability to conquer rough terrain and still maintain a, a human-like motions and agility. Interesting. So trackless moving target infantry is a solution to answer a need for. Ooh, and they drop drivers, when they get hit. The training simulation division of the army. Uh, to represent a more a human target in a training environment that doesn't require a rail so they have snipers system out there. and the infrastructure that comes with that. So it's an armed platform. You got a squirter uh, running out from the around in a green space and handle the terrain that comes with that uh, and still provide a, a realistic but uh, non-repetitive training scenario. So it's not, it's not as predictable as the current systems that are, tr are confined to a rail. So over the next Taking year, cover we're under terrain and micro terrain. Uh, all of the performance metrics that the, we've designed it to, as well as integrating additional uh, hit detection systems, the as well as uh, three-dimensional uh, infantry mannequins and lifting mechanisms that are kind of the next evolution of where our current lifters are today. We're really excited where TMT can go and where how okay. it can aid our okay. warfighter in preparation for for uh, real life battle scenarios. The realism, the having an aggressive uh, training target come at you during the, your scenario is just, it's a different, a different feeling, different preparedness than, than is currently available. Okay, so it looks like what we've got there is, if you guys are listening on the podcast, what we've got there is they had two main shapes they were showing us. One was a mannequin of what looked like an ISIS fighter or typical uh, Taliban fighter. And it was what you would expect to see on like a mannequin at a department store. So it was like an actual like three-dimensional shape like a person wearing a kit, wearing, uh, carrying a weapon. And then you had a truck, which is like a, it looked like an F-150 or whatever. It should have been a Hilux. I mean, why was it not a Hilux? But it was driving around out there. And once you take down the truck, the bad guy squirts out. I think they had two on the screen at one time. They probably, you know, flow around like a Roomba. I'm assuming it's like Roomba style technology and they were on like tank treads basically. So that's what we're looking at now. Is that better than just standard pop-up targets? Probably. Now, here's my question. I wonder if they can, if they have like equipped with lasers. So they're firing out laser rounds. And then if the, you know, you can wear a vest kind of like laser tag basically. And if you get hit, it'll let you know that you got hit and then you go down too as the trainee. So 
Some targets in the area could be easily destroyed by marine rocket fire, if not for the trees and grass that got in the way. Marine officials see a much different fight taking place in the future than its decades-long slog in the Middle East, with China presenting a more professional and technologically advanced enemy, and superior in manpower too, I might add. So it has spent the past few years restructuring its force to be lighter and more agile, implemented more force-on-force training, and worked on pressing problems like countering drones and reducing units' electromagnetic signature before the adversary makes us pay the price. I do think that that's good. Marines have not been deploying up against much uh, recently in the last four or five years. Things have slowed down considerably. I know a lot of Marines. I know a lot of uh, military people who have not gotten that deployment satisfaction. They have not been on that deployment that just is what they imagined it was going to be when they joined up in the infantry or in SF. So uh, they're starting to train for an even superior force. So they might get their wish one day. I hope not, but they might. The service is also ironing out the details of the Expeditionary Advanced Base Operations concept, which would team up the Navy and Marine Corps in seizing island outposts in the Pacific. China, meanwhile, is building its own Marine Corps with, and I I know somebody asked me to cover super soldiers, Chinese super soldiers, and I'm going to do that soon. I just want to get more information. Uh, China's making its own Marine Corps with an eye toward power projection, which as Marine Captain Michael Hansen noted in Proceedings Magazines means it's only a matter of time before the Navy and Marine Corps will have a true near-peer competitor to worry about. Here's something to think about. Here's something I want you guys to think about. As of today, there is not another country spread out around the world in a posture like the United States is. And nobody's even really trying to. Now imagine if China was like, we need an air base out by Hawaii. Imagine it just like we have in Japan. Imagine if China was, you know, we need, a, we need a Chinese Air Force base out in Hawaii just in case things pop off. Think about that. Think about that. kind. And, and then they're like, we probably need one in uh, Russia, too. We'll just build one in Russia. No big deal. We're, we're allies with Russia. We'll go over there, build, a, build an air, air, airfield, and then we'll build one in, you know, maybe we'll go over to, to Yemen. Maybe we'll get permission to go put one in Yemen. Hey, we'll just spread our air power out. All, maybe we'll put one in South America. Maybe we'll go on to country in South America and build an airbase. That would be not good for international relations as far as military posturing goes, but that's what they're talking about doing. China's also been making man-made islands. So they've been building their own islands. And so we have to consider that's the type of near-peer adversary that we face when we're talking about that. Let's see. It's 1131. We're cruising. We are cruising. We're halfway through the episode. If we get if we go an hour, you know, I don't really have an, a set time limit for the show. It doesn't have to be an hour, but if, if it goes an hour, that's great. I usually won't go over an hour, but an, an hour seems to be like where we land every day. So we never run out of stuff to talk about. We've been talking about aircraft carriers a lot lately. Unfortunately, some of that was not so pleasant stuff. The, uh, the uh, sailor who went overboard under Roosevelt was declared dead. Unfortunately, we covered that story. Uh, let's see. We catch up on the questions really quick. Speaker says the Chinese are already trying to expand. I believe they already made one in Africa. Yeah, I think that I think I heard something about that. Justin Rice says, "What about China building bases in Africa?" Yep, the Chinese building bases in Africa. They own so much of the farmland in many of those East Coast countries. Yeah, China's expanded quite a bit. I can talk some more about that, but let me do some more research because I don't want to talk too much about something I don't know that much about. Uh, uh, we'll see if uh, if I can find some stuff about that that we can talk about the Chinese expansion and the way that that affects peer near peer adversaries and training for the Marine Corps and the Navy, which I do know a little bit about from the job I was doing in the Navy before I got out. Um, so I do have kind of a fun story today. Uh, we have this sailor, this neato sailor, 
who decided to go walk around the flight deck of an aircraft carrier in this BB-8 costume. Now, this is back from May 4th, 2020. May the 4th be with you. And uh, it was just kind of a fun... I don't know why this popped up in December, but maybe the pictures finally came out. But look at that. How nice is that? Now, I think this is a shooter. This guy, this LT that did this is a shooter, which is somebody on the flight deck who... Uh, who Basically, is the last one to call that the planes are ready to go off the deck as they fly out. Um, hey, Justin, if you could, if you want to help uh, one of the questions we had yesterday on the show, which was how how is a normal uh, rescue search search operation conducted for a man overboard from an aircraft carrier? If you want to chime in on that, what's the pattern? What's the procedure? Um, speaker says, why do I have a feeling he was in the SF community? LOL. Me. Uh, are you talking about me? Uh so, no matter how you feel about the Star Wars prequel trilogy, the feisty astromech known as BB-8 is a solid character. Hey, I totally agree. He's modern R2-D2. Lending all his BB chirpy enthusiasm to the desperate fight against the First Order. Uh, th so, so what, hap what happened is on here on the aircraft carrier, and if you look here, we have some guys dressed as Santa Claus on the aircraft carrier and <coughs> launching a, a Super Hornet from VFA-143 on the Lincoln uh, from last year. Uh it's just good times. You know, if you get to me on a ship when they're doing fun stuff like that, I just want to show you guys these pictures. So this guy was up here in this BB-8 costume, um, which I think is pretty cool. He uh, must have had a good time up there, but he did say it was getting pretty hot, pretty hot up there because when you're in the Gulf, it could easily get to 120 degrees on that flight deck out in the sun, even hotter. And then you put yourself in this BB-8 costume. I would compare this probably to... If I, if I had to imagine, not that I've ever worn a costume like this on an aircraft carrier, but if I had to guess being deployed in the Gulf in the summertime a couple times, it's probably like climbing into an aircraft uh, to do some maintenance and it's the middle of the summer and you are just roasting, totally roasting. So he goes out there, he goes, has a good time. Uh, the air, apparently the air boss telling him afterwards that a couple of the pilots and folks on the bridge were amused and also a little confused by the sight of him walking around like that. The costume had a little motor to inflate, but it occasionally was being blown by the wind. And you can see that on the screen now where it's just kind of like sucked up to his body and, uh, swallowed him, um, airtight. So it's, uh, it's just good to see people having fun on the ship. I do appreciate that. This is a quick little thing I wanted to just touch on, but, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, it's just just funny, just funny. So, let's see. That was a a nice positive story from the carrier. Uh, we've had so many negative, so many negative uh, stories in the news about aircraft carriers lately. I want to share a positive one. Justin says I was never on a carrier, but the search pattern for help depends on the weather, environment, wave state, size of object one is searching for. But the basic pattern is an expanding circle. So okay. That's what we talked about yesterday. I was saying that it was probably concentric expanding circles to do the search. Um, I figured you would know the procedure based on your background. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. That, that's helpful to the listeners who were asking questions about the, uh, the aircraft carrier man overboard procedures for the helos. And then, of course, they have the rescue swimmers and the rescue boats. But, uh, yeah, and then, like, kind of doing a dead reckoning on where the person might have gone to figure out the first direction to start looking. Um, very complicated problem to solve. Speaker, I've... Uh, I've talked about this um, a bunch on the on the show, so I won't go into it too much now. But I was in uh, NSW or Naval Special Warfare. I was a drone pilot, so I did five years uh, over there where I deployed to Afghanistan, Iraq, and I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, I do talk about that job anytime I'm talking about like 
doing airstrikes, deploying to the Middle East. Uh, I'm always talking about that kind of time in my life uh, where I was doing that stuff. And then I worked as a contractor for NSW for several years after I got out. Um, gosh, does my voice sound raspy to you guys? I'm not sure if it's from doing the episodes every day or, or if I'm coming down with something. Don't worry. I don't think it's the vid, but uh, just normal cold and flu season is upon us too. Um, so I'm assuming it's probably just something, something not, not a huge deal, not a huge deal. Um, I wanted to cover this, uh, this other story here. It was just kind of fun. Just one more fun story before we get into the last one, which I'm curious if you guys thoughts on, uh, I saw this and I was like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's highlight this dude, uh, for doing, for being just a, a boss dude, a boss ass dude. So we task and purpose reports on this. We salute the airman who just got, who just made air force PT gear sexy. So here's this guy right here. This was in response to, uh, a Reddit post that I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that he read, which was militarized male bodies submissive to the state are rewarded with the sort of sex appeal that only massive symbolic power can bestow. This was by Professor Jesse Paul Crane Sieber in a 2016 essay titled Sexy Warriors, The Politics and Pleasure of Submission to the State. Now, I haven't read this piece. I haven't read this paper. But from that line and from the title, I am going to just make uh, educated guess here that what this is about is people, men, joining the military, giving themselves to the government, body and soul, in order to have that manly, uniform, macho, Captain America embodiment persona, walking around, chest out, chin up, shoulders back, ready to rock and roll, ready for a fight with your bros in the fraternal order of the military. And hey, you know what? There's some truth to that. There is 100% some truth to that. And I talk about it all the time on the show. Um, I talk about it in regards to how when I walk into the exchange with my wife, they come up to me and say, sir, how can we help you? And I'm like, it's actually my wife. My wife needs those combat boots, those MRE rations. What's up? Help her. She needs to help. And they never assume that it's the female it's always the macho man. Not saying that I'm a macho man, but I'm 6'2". I, uh, I walk into the next. People think I, I'm, I shave still. I walk into the next. People think that I'm in the military. That's, that's it straight up. Then I show them that dependent ID card in your face. In your face. I'm a spouse. So, uh, so here I will say all, and, and with all that being said, with all that being said that there is truth to that, I have to also say, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't also say that I don't like that he said submissive to the state. There are so many veterans, so many active duty members who are not submissive to the state, who totally disagree with a lot of stuff that the military does, who are vocal about it, who even go out and try to make changes, okay? I haven't always loved a lot of stuff about the military. I don't like a lot of it. I'll talk about it all day. I'll talk about all the things I don't like about the military. I think that there's tons of problems, okay? I am not submissive to the state, but I can tell you that we did a lot of good stuff, and I like the good stuff that we did too. So I didn't purely submit to the state so I could go be a macho man or whatever he's saying, but I did buy in. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've got some pictures of me out there in my, in my kit, you know, with, with guns, doing all that. You've seen them on the show. You've seen them. I'm guilty. So a new video by this Air Force member, he, he basically goes uh, out and just says, hey, you know what? You, you want that? 
You want to call us that? Here's me in my Air Force PT gear rocking out. Let's watch the video really quick. watch it twice. Good for him. Good for him. I support that. I can get down with that. I like to have a good time. I like to party. If you can make Air Force PT year look good, you go ahead and do it, dude. You rock out. Um, okay. So two nice, fun, chill stories to get us into the big one. We got to get into the big one. You guys got to get into the big story. All right. You guys want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear the comments on this one. This is the big story of today, okay? The Marine Corps announces, the Marine Corps announces women will be integrating with male recruits in San Diego in 2021. Female Marine recruits will train at Recruit Depot San Diego for the first time ever starting next year. Uh, if you guys don't know, females have never trained at MCRD San Diego. All females have gone to Paris Island. That's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. As of right now, it's the way it is. So female Marine recruits will train at Recruit Depot San Diego for the first time ever starting next year. In a historic first, female recruits will begin training at Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego in California starting early next year. So February. So beginning February 12, 2021, an integrated company of male and female recruits is scheduled to begin their journey to become Marines at MCRD after undergoing a two-week COVID-19 quarantine protocol. The Marine Corps said in a statement, this initial opportunity for male and female recruits to train concurrently at MCRD San Diego will serve as a proof of concept to validate requirements needed to sustain integrated training on the West Coast in the future. So right off the bat, what's the deal here? So we're talking about male and female recruits probably not living together. Like they won't be sleeping in the same room, but they will be in the uh, doing everything together and in the barracks at the same time, probably during daily activities. I doubt, I highly doubt, I'm even going to go as far as to say I'm sure that they won't uh, be living together, sleeping together, racking out in the same birthing at night but they will be training together, doing everything together, going to chow together, marching together, marksmanship, all of that. Now, let's, let's, let's just talk about it a little bit before we go back to the article. Let's talk about it a little bit. As of right now, female Marines, male Marines, go to Paris Island, go to boot camp. The standards are the same as far as they all get the same qualifications. There's no evolution in boot camp as far as I know. There's no evolution in Marine Corps boot camp that males do that females don't do. Marine Corps, every Marine is a shooter, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Every Marine is a shooter, female or male, okay? Every Marine that graduates boot camp puts on that Marine Corps hat, they're a Marine. They've done the training. Girls, guys, whatever. Um, and now, male and female Marines can become infantry. They, they, have, taken the, they have taken the reins off of women in combat. Women can go get combat jobs. So why would they not? Why would they not integrate, right? That's the question. Uh, I can't think of a, any great reason why they wouldn't. I don't see any reason why not to give it a shot. I think it's important that we try it. 
right? Do you guys agree or disagree? I think that it's important that we give women an equal shot to go train with men. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, there are women who will outperform men. Like, duh, obviously. Like, are you going to sit there and tell me that every guy in Marine Corps boot camp is some kind of stud, super alpha stud who like is just so superior physically and mentally and capable of doing yo course and combative so much better than a woman than than any other woman every are you saying every man is better than the best woman no are you joking of course not there are going to be lots of women outperforming lots of men and then there will be some men who outperform lots of women and then there will be the top tier men and women and I would be curious to see them go up against each other in some kind of challenge and see if the woman outperforms the man or whatever as an overall kind of recruit. I would love to see the girls come out on top. I think that that's great. So I am all for giving it a shot. I know people out there don't like that. I know people out there don't like that. But historically, men and women wouldn't deploy together. So why would they go to boot camp together? But now they are. So why would, and this is how it kind of is, you know, a lot of times now, why would it be that the first time men and women work together is when they get to Afghanistan, when they get to Iraq, when they get to China? Why would you want that to be the first time that men and women integrate in that kind of serious, like living together, working together, combat environment? That doesn't make any sense. So might as well get it started in boot camp. I think it's probably the best way to curb the gender disparity that the military has, especially when you get down range, is to start integrating it in boot camp. And I will tell you guys something right now, straight up. I know that there are plenty of women out there who are far superior to men in every possible way as far as the military goes. I know that because my wife is smarter and in better shape than me, and I'm probably in better shape than you. I'm not saying that it's like a call out or whatever, but I work out all the time. I've always been huge into fitness. You know, I, I love it. I'm big into it. I go running, I go lifting all the time. And my wife's in better shape than me. She's, she can do more pull-ups. She can run faster. She's just a, like, as far as females go, she's like an alpha stud female. So if she was to go out there against most of these Marines, she would outperform them a, as an average, like assessment of physical abilities. I bet she would outperform the majority of them. So with that being said, Let's get back to the article, but that, there's some reasons against the argument of why not to integrate females. And if, if, if anybody comes with that argument of like, oh, well, you know, the guys are going to, you know, drive out the females. Well, we need to address that as its own problem. That should not be happening. So let's go back and get back to the article and see what's going on here. So let's go back to Safari. If I can click the button. So the integrated company is the Corps' latest trial run as it attempts to meet a congressional mandate that Marine boot camps become co-ed in the coming years. Currently, female recruits are only trained at Recruit Depot Paris Island, South Carolina, right? So the Marine Corps' ever, first ever gender-integrated company comprised of five all-male platoons and one female platoon, and the numbers are a little skewed, uh, graduated from Paris Island in 2019. Based on reporting from the San Diego Union Tribune and Military.com, so that was like a trial run, a practice, Approximately 60 female recruits will be assigned to a platoon in Lima Company, 3rd Recruit Training Battalion. Information collected from Lima Company will be used to validate long-term facility and personnel needs to accomplish one of the Marine Corps' top priorities of gender-integrated training companies at recruit training. 
in an effort to forge Marines of the highest quality, we must give them every opportunity to succeed. I agree. This is the first time we were able to give Marines who graduate from MCRD San Diego the same integrated experience that many of their peers at Paris Island have received already, General Ryan Heritage said. He is the commanding general of MCRD San Diego. Additionally, 57 Marine drill instructors are scheduled to graduate the Corps' first gender integration drill instructor course on Wednesday. So they have, they've, they've already done, they've already put into work to change drill instructor training, which is its own really hard course to get to, to be gender integrated. So the instructors have had the training already. The opportunity and experience these young men and women will get in terms of training and learning from one another is immeasurably important to prepare all of our Marines for success. And this will also get us one step closer to understanding the facilities and personnel needed to make this a sustained reality. Now, the problem with, with anytime you do something new, anytime you do something new in the military, the military has the tendency to just go ahead and do the new thing without really knowing what the impact's going to be. And you kind of trip over the learning as you go. So anytime you get some new gear, anytime you get new computers, you know, you upgrade that Windows to Windows 10, you don't know what the problems are going to be yet. You have to find the problems as you go. But in the military, we dive in. We dive in, we make change, we progress forward, and we address the problems as they come. That's one of the, you know, staples behind the, the slogan here, trained to train, is exactly that, right? You are trained to train. You are trained to adapt. You are trained to encounter problems looking at the right camera, you are trained to encounter problems and find solutions. So I am not super worried that the Marine Corps will be able to figure that out, especially the great drone instructor staff that they have out there. If you've ever met a drone instructor, they are serious about that job. They take that job super seriously. And the hours that they put in are out of control. They are insane. Now, one thing a little bit different about the Marine Corps from the Navy for one, and I'm not sure how it works in the Army and the Air Force, is in the Marine Corps, you're highly encouraged to go be a drill instructor. It's like you have to go be a drill instructor or a recruiter at some point uh, in your kind of Marine Corps pipeline. I think that that's basically a a mandatory thing, like a, like a semi-mandatory thing for advancement. You got to go do it at some point in your career, either recruiting or pushing boots. And the hours that they work, just unbelievable. Unbelievable hours, unbelievably challenging job. You think my voice sounds bad right now? Listen to those Marine drill instructor voices. They are like, rah, 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 like yelling all day at the recruits. We had a uh, AO Nixo on the show the other night, Marine Corps uh, YouTuber. And he said, one of his tips for uh, Marine Corps recruits is be loud, be loud, move fast, uh, do what you're told. He had four. I can't remember what the last one was, but that's his thing anyway. So go check his channel out uh, if you're thinking about joining the Marine Corps, but it is serious deal. And I am sure, you know, with the core, you know, Honor, courage, commitment, core values. You guys seen that video, that girl, honor, courage, commitment. He's a Marine. Uh, I'm sure that you know that a good Marine would never let anybody do anything, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault, gender discrimination to recruit. They'll get the normal amount of harassment and discrimination that any recruit gets. Uh, do those things happen? Yeah, they happen. We cover them here on the show. They happen. But should they happen? No. Would good Marines let it happen? No. If you see something, say something. Yep. So I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. That's, that's what I'm here to say. I'm not against it. I'm for it. And I'm for adapting to it. And I'm for finding the problems and finding the solutions and getting better at it. Here's, I'll tell you what I'm against. Just like I said before, I am against women who have already been serving in combat, already all these women heroes who have been out there serving. And the first time that they meet their counterparts is boots on ground. 
That doesn't make any sense to me. The first, you got Navy SEALs, famously all male, right? No woman will ever graduate Navy SEAL training, even though now they're allowed to go attempt it. People say no female will ever graduate SEAL training if they, if they don't change the standards. We'll see. But you've got female cultural engagement teams, right? So you've got these females who are out there because females can talk to females. Females can conduct personnel searches on females. You've got these female engagement teams. Chief Shannon Kent. If you don't know who Chief Shannon Kent is, go look it up. I'm going to do it. I'll do an episode on her. Chief Shannon Kent. Hero. World class. Okay? And... And you want the first time that a lot of these guys work with females is when they get boots on ground and then they go, oh, now you got to prove yourself, lady. Now you got to show me that a lady can do it because I don't believe it because I'm a, I'm a man and I don't think a woman can do it. So you got to prove it to me. Yet we could forego all that. We could for, forego all of that BS. And not only that, but we could scream better too. We could get the right women in the right jobs, right? Just like the right men in the right jobs the right people in the right jobs by starting earlier, screening them earlier, identifying problems earlier, identifying also rock stars, identify the rock stars earlier, get them in the right places to lead, to do well, to promote the right jobs, the right opportunities and get the wrong ones out of there. And you could do all that before they leave MCRD. And somehow that's not a good deal. You could start instilling that level of teamwork at boot camp, but no, we can't do that. We can't integrate. I don't agree. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the counter-arguments. If you've got a counter-argument about why women should not integrate with males in boot camp, send it my way. Send it to me at thescuttlebuttshow at gmail.com. Send it to my Instagram at show. Jump on here live with me. I'll give you my Zoom link. If you want to debate with me why females and males should not integrate in boot camp, jump on Zoom with me. We'll do it tomorrow, okay? I'd love to hear it. I'm curious. Maybe there's something I'm totally missing. And I don't want to hear about feminine hygiene products. I do not want to hear it, dude. I deployed with women who were so much tougher than so many of the, dude, of the dudes out there. The only girl on a base of all dudes in the middle of nowhere having to share bathrooms, having to share facilities. I do not want to hear it about feminine hygiene products. I do not want to hear any of that stuff. That's bogus. That is a bogus argument, okay? So don't bring that garbage. Don't bring that mess around here, okay? But if you think you have a legit argument about why women cannot integrate boot camp with men, uh, or you want to talk about females going to buds or something like that, I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear it. You can hit me up anytime. Just let me know. DM me. All right, guys. What was it, 11.55? That was good. I had a good time. I had a good time. Did you guys have a good time? That was a good episode. That was all the stories we had to cover today. I, uh, I'll probably get to sign it out now unless somebody drops a question in the chat that they want answered in the next minute or so. Uh, I hope you guys like the setup. I would love to hear what you think about it. I'm always working on it. Always working on the setup. I got to make sure I'm talking to the right camera here. We got like this angle, this angle, back to this angle, back to this angle. I'm training myself right now. I'm training to train. Head over to scuttlebuttshow.com, pick up some merch. Hey, become a Patreon. Become a Patreon. Become an elite patron. Get that free t-shirt. How does that not make sense? Become a patron. Become a patron. Go join the elite tier. Get a free t-shirt. Help me understand how that doesn't make sense. I look forward to talking to you guys very, very soon. I thank you very much for checking in with me today. I love it. I appreciate it. I love the comments. I hope I answered them all. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow. We got two more days left this week. A lot of big news left to cover. So I look forward to talking to you guys really soon. And I am out for now.